About a decade or so ago, I put out a book called The Never-Ending Organic Gardening Book. And it was published and it worked and we sold some and I never did get a second copy of it. But I did find my original scripts in my old computer and they managed, I can't believe I saved them, to get them transferred. So I'm going to take this part, it might take us a quarter of the show or so, and I'm going to give you my idea. This is back and I have not altered it very much, but I may change a few words. Um, I called it back then sort of a new way to life, but this is getting started in what I thought then and still feel pretty much are the top things you can do if you want to get a greener life. And it's getting more and more serious, folks. This uh, climate change in the decade or so since I did this really came on us even faster than the quote-unquote scientists said it would as far as bigger, worse storms when they come, places that are getting wetter than ever, a lot of places are getting drier than ever, and it's happening a lot faster than we anticipated. So this was put together then, but it pretty much still fits what we all should, I think we should strive to do. Not hard to do, but something you have to make yourself conscious of. So I'm going to put about 10 things out here and give you a paragraph on each one. Then we'll go back, maybe if not today, over the next few shows and kind of dip a little deeper into each one of these ideas. So that's one at the top of the list now that I practice Nobody can, well, you almost can't do it 100% of the time now because of COVID. You can't go get the things you need. One of them, though, is eating organic all you can. Just think of this. For every 1% increase in organic food consumption here in the United States alone, pesticides and herbicides, the, the is a reduction of over, listen to this, over 10 million pounds per year. For every 1% now, just 1% of us, organic food also, I think, tastes better and has certainly been proven to be far healthier than conventional food. And it's probably available at um, a lot of your stores you shop in. I'm still having a rough time. I live in a small town and I have to kind of encourage them to make sure they get my USDA organic salads and things. But Remember, they said, well, why is it there? There was even some fights over the decade, which we've learned a lot since I first wrote this. Um, It is better for you. They'll say, well, we'll do this profile and break it down. There's not a big difference in vitamins and minerals. What the biggest difference is you're not eating junk that's not good for you. The conventional foods have invariably been sprayed. The conventional foods have invariably invariably been kept different than, than would be the best. So there's two reasons there. And the third one is, again, it doesn't pollute the earth. If you only use organic and natural fertilizers that are broken down by the microbes, as this has happened for millions of years till we started using well, mostly petroleum-based fertilizers, ammonium-based fertilizers over the last 50 years, it's, chain, it's polluting our rivers, it's polluting the waterways, it's polluting our wells. All that changes if you just grow organic and do things naturally. And next, this fund exists. Uh, I'd have to look up. I need to get an update, but this was coming and starting to work about 10 years ago. You put $99 a year in a nonprofit. The name of the group was carbonfund.org, and you can do it in different ways now. This is when it was younger. And you can offset your entire carbon footprint, the amount of the greenhouse gases you produce for a year's activities per person, with uh, that organization's contributions to renewable power, 
their nonprofit, energy efficiency, and the biggie thing that, that we found out is more important than I knew a decade ago was the reforestation projects and the projects that they pay now for one place, Brazil, and Brazil's getting bad again, but they we pay them not to cut down trees and not to deforest their jungles and the properties around them. It is a really, really efficient way to cut way back. We're up to over 420 parts per million carbon now. When we started these projects when I was young, we were about 280 for thousands of years. So that much jump has come since I got involved in trying to finally realizing, hey, carbon's one of the biggest problems we have. Another big aid that was not part of this writing that I did back then was we've gotten really decent on building electric cars. There are a number of the newest electric cars have gone down in price. They're pretty much affordable, and they're not down where they need to be for every American to have one yet. But a number of them go at least 250 to 300 miles now on a charge. They're learning to charge them. In 15 minutes, you can get enough charge on some of the fancy ones to go 100 miles. Okay, And there's stations coming up everywhere. We have gotten committed over the next 5 to 10 years to putting out 50,000 plug-in stations across the United States. Right now, I met a man. I was heading out towards a Big Bend, and he was in a Tesla electric car from Florida, Miami, Florida, going to California. And they automatically have in their car now every station available. There, there's every station that, that I've been to, or every area, is pretty easy to get to now. We've got them all across, especially up and down the main roads like I-10. I've stopped in Comfort, Texas. I've stopped in Fort Davis. I've stopped. They have two or three in each area, and you are first very, they're much quicker now. Number two, they are very, it's way less expensive. Now you pay more for the car, but over the life of it, you wouldn't believe what you're saving. My brother is on his third car that's electric plug in. Now his house is completely solar in Naples, Florida, and he actually gets a little check from the electric company, not a bunch, but they're paying him back. Now, in the life, he's had that solar roof about eight years. He's technically breaking even now. And from now on, the little bit of profit he gets, gets back, is actually going in his pocket, and he's charging his house, taking care of his house almost all the time, and charging his car for free all, from solar power all the time. So it's definitely possible, and it's going to get better. Now, these numbers may have changed a little bit, but when I did this particular writing, the average person in the United States produced 1,609 pounds of waste each year per person now. Recycling can cut the waste stream by 75 or 80 percent is what my the figures were when I did this. Maybe better now. If each of us recycled just this, just paper, glass, and metal, three things, paper, glass, and metal, we could save 162 million tons of material from entering the American landfills each year, and recycling the enormous amounts of plastics we use each day could save us even more. And plastics were not a, on the radar so much just 12, 10, 12 years ago, whenever I did this. Now we know it's one of the most persistent problems that we have in our oceans. It is actually altering the ecology of whole oceans now. We need to really, really address that particular problem. A few years after I did that, this particular book, I went to Australia. The reason I'm telling you that is 
They don't have a disposable world like we do. It's rather amazing. You don't see trash bags and those white bags from all the grocery stores and everything up and down the highway. That road, they don't exist. And the reason is, and this sounds like, oh gosh, this is going to hit the poor people in the head again. Everything's got a deposit on it. Plastic bottles like you and I get water in, they're worth a nickel a piece. Plastic bags, nickel or a dime each. And you get them back. Here's, here's how it works. The first time you go, let's say you go and buy 24 sodas, whatever you want to call them. That first 24 cost you an extra, well, five cents a piece. So another couple bucks for that case. But if you take it back, the next case is from then on, you don't pay any more deposit. You've got your deposit in for all the bottles. And as you return them, now if you don't return them, yes, you're going to pay again. Some people don't return them on purpose. The other thing they've done to make it really brilliant along the roads are these big, well, like our trash cans that roll around. They have great big ones, and they have the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts and uh, uh, a couple of nonprofit clubs that if you don't want to bother taking your bottles back, you just put them in that container, then they take that money as a, as a nonprofit, and they put it into play yards, and again, into the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts. So if you want to contribute that extra buck and a half or two when you go and buy drinks, even beer, soda, water, then, but you don't, nobody leaves them. So if you do throw one out of your, out of your truck or your car, which is stupid, uh, it will be gone in an hour. There are kids that run up and down, and people, I'm one, if I saw something, I'd just pick it up. It wasn't that it was worth the nickel. I might just go put it in one, to, in one of the con- collectors. But nothing's laying along the road. Nothing's blowing in the wind. We don't have uh, sea turtles dying from eating plastic bags. Uh, there was a woman that did a, a study, but it was unintentional, but she did as a veterinarian. She worked on a cow. This is outside of Fort Davis, between Al- Alpine and Fort Davis, Texas. She removed 20 pounds of plastic from this cow. It's called hardware disease. And the cow was starving to death because it was so full of plastic that it couldn't pass normal food through its system. Just from plastic bags that had been blown. And this cow happened to have, although cows eat... Hardware disease is not new. It's been around for a long time. All can be stopped. Deposits. Nobody, if something has a value, see, we have no value. Our average plastic bag in this country, when I wrote this, and it's probably worse instead of better now, that bag does about 15 minutes worth of work. Maybe another few minutes or hours if you are really smart enough to use it, at least to dispose trash in, but most people don't. So you get 15 minutes and then that bag's loose in the environment. And even when it breaks out, oh, it's gone. No, it's not. It just turns into nanoparticles that are polluting little tiny, tiny microbes, which get eaten by a little bit bigger fish. And it ends up that you and I are eating that plastic. And so is the wild animals. They find nanoplastics a lot of it, not a little of it. And the penguins in the Antarctic, there's nobody down there throwing plastic around. It's just everywhere in the ocean now. So I kind of beat that to death. But we got to deny disposables. We got out of this. We even had a bag rule here in Texas for, and Austin still honors it, Corpus Christi and Fort Stockton. And the government, the state government moved in and told them they weren't allowed to not let you use plastic bags in the grocery store. It was absolutely the most ridiculous. Everybody's going the other way all over the world. So what does Texas do? They protect the plastic bag business. 
I'm going to do a few more of these, but let me end this particular one so we can go to a commercial break by switching one other thing for you that we all can do. Switch to natural personal care products. I don't need to get personal about it. It makes sense. Using all natural personal care products, and they are all available, I don't care what you got to do to your body now, has a couple of benefits at one time. First, you're not putting chemicals, toxins on your body, on your hair, in your mouth, and who knows where else. Number one, then you're keeping them out of the environment. Folks, when you take something toxic, a lot of it goes through your body into the sewer system, into the ground, wherever it goes. So you're preventing yourself from having it, number one, and you're not either washing it or eliminating it from your body back into the environment. Here was a rule I made a long time ago. Remember, if you won't eat it, you shouldn't be putting it on your body. Just think about that. Ideal example, I'll give you a, a great test for you to, and the kids to do or anybody. Sometime when you've got nothing to do because this sounds silly. Get yourself a nice fresh garlic, you know, like you're going to eat. Crush it. Take your shoes and socks off and put that garlic in the small of your foot. Put your socks back on and put your shoe on. Think about this. In an hour, it depends on people. That's really strange too. You'll start tasting the garlic in your mouth. You will taste the garlic that you have in your shoe, in your mouth. Now, if you don't think that that's going through your body, then you're missing something. That should prove it better than anything else I can do for you. Your skin is the largest organ you've got. It's not your lungs or your heart. It is a sponge. Now, does it resist a lot of things? Yes, but it also put gasoline on your hands. You've got gasoline in your body. Put a a garlic clove uh, on your foot or something, and it's going to be in your mouth. It's going to be... Now, you don't think that you're... Uh, you're not impervious to the chemistry, folks. Think about it. Give it a thought. Go to natural pro- personal care products that are not dangerous for you or the environment. Back after these messages. <laughs> 